Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that is the rule, not the exception. Today's episode, fairly straightforward, right down the middle. Random things I picked up along the way on my leadership journeys and followership journeys because a lot of my followership journeys or the leadership things I picked up were through followership, observing others, how they acted, how they made decisions, how they treated other human beings. That is a big part of my heuristic endeavors, heuristics being kind of the hands-on learning experiences that we that we have in life. Leadership is a lot of heuristics, hands-on experience. So here we go. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. Friends, welcome back to leadosophy. I am glad and grateful. If you're listening, watching, wherever that may be, thanks for tuning in to, to Leadosophy. I have a list of 25 random things I picked up along my leadership journeys. I promise the list may sound daunting. 25 seems like a lot of, a lot of things to to go over, but I promise it'll be quick. They're just little pieces of heuristical items that I adopted or learned, or I thought benefited me as a leader. I thought benefited others as I tried to share leadership ideas and share leadership knowledge. So I thought I'd kind of pass on some, some things that are important to me from a leadership perspective. And honestly, there were kind of the first 25 things that intuitively came to mind as I reflected on leadership and how to get the most out of people working together as a team in an organization, achieving, achieving the mission striving towards a certain vision, whatever that might be. And I think the first one is knowing when you're leading and knowing when you're managing, knowing the difference, knowing what each requires. What does leadership require? What does management require? I think once I learned to start thinking in terms of systems and processes, I tend to, I tended to default to the idea that we lead people and we manage paperclip inventories. And what do I mean by that? It's kind of a funny way of saying, I, 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 I try to adopt the mindset, I guess, that when it comes to human beings, we are leading other humans. We don't necessarily, we don't manage people because the problem with me for, for adopting the mindset of I manage other people, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to restrict their movements. I'm trying to manipulate them, make them do things that, you know, maybe are against their will. It's more of a authoritative position for me. And I just kind of to shy away from using the term managing people. I tried to manage processes that people are embedded within, entangled within, and lead people through those processes. And on on the other side of the coin of, of leadership, you know, dealing with people's different concerns, motivations, desires, whatever that might be, I think that's more of the leadership mode, more of a management mode when you are, again, managing the processes that people are within, managing, managing things, 
I try to not think about managing people. We manage things, checkbooks, inventories, processes, livestock, right? So leading people and managing things, that's one of the first things I tried to, as I started to understand that difference between leadership and management, some people may disagree. Some people, you know, when you think of a manager, a lot of people think that they are managing people. And I guess there's nothing necessarily wrong with that or inherently wrong with that. For me, it just, I just didn't like to, to think, I like to, dis, I like to separate those things, leadership and management. And then once I understood what the separation was for me, I could fuse them back together. And, and then I could understand when I was leading versus when I was managing. That's one of the first things I picked up along the journey. Number two was something that I picked up almost exclusively from my time at Florida Atlantic and in FAU, my time in philosophy, and then my time in my graduate program at Gonzaga, and that was know thyself. Focusing more on introspection, reflection, understanding how I lead, why I lead the way I do, what do I view how do I view others? Do I think others are self-motivated or do I think others need to be motivated through extrinsic means or external means? And then just honestly, being able to reflect on my own abilities, my own skills, my personality, again, knowing thyself, knowing myself first. It's kind of like the whole, you know, the simple metaphor of putting your own oxygen mask on first before you help others. For me, the more I could understand myself, I could help others. Uh, I could under, I could help others better if I understood how I am as a person, my personality, my characteristics. So know thyself is number two. Number three, our communication skills need continuously refined, practiced, and emphasized. How many mistakes are made due to a lack of communication? And communication is not just it's not just talking to other people. It's also listening. You can listening is a skill that we can develop. Listening to others' ideas, their, their what are their mindsets? What are the emotions they're going through? Communication is is pretty important. And how many how many times in the workplace have there been miscommunication, or has there been miscommunication that has led to? other than desirable results. Communication is a big part of leadership and something that we can always work to develop and, and hone and practice and refine. We can always continually get better at that, at that process. Number four is that many of our first assumptions, usually impressions about others are wrong, misguided or based solely on outward observations that do not take into account internal mental states and larger sample sizes. What do I mean by larger sample sizes? We often make, I think it's probably human nature, right? That we make assumptions about people on first interactions and talk about first impressions. But a lot of those times, those, those can be wrong. And what I mean by larger sample size is we need more interactions with people. More, the more we can interact with somebody, get to know them, the more we can refine our assumptions about them as a person or make clear judgments that may be more accurate. And not just assumptions about people, assumptions in general. A lot, of, a lot of the assumptions we make in life can often be flawed. And it's always good to reflect on those assumptions and find out where those assumptions came from. Again, sometimes the source of our assumptions were faulty. 
So we can reflect on those as well. Number five, back to the basics is timeless. Asking what do we do well is quite different than asking what should we do well. Although the answers to both those questions may align at times. But back to the basics was something I constantly turn back to in the military. Especially, again, I've talked about this before in other episodes in the military, in the Coast Guard particularly, we often are required to wear many hats. We have many different jobs, many different responsibilities. And it can it's very easy to get spread so thin and do a lot of things just very mediocre. And sometimes, especially in the search and rescue world or a job with high, high risk, high rewards, high consequences, sometimes you got to go back to the very fundamentals and get very good at those things before you start building upon those. So back to the basics is one of my, my favorite terms. If, if my wife is listening, she is undoubtedly snickering at that. But she likes back to the basics. I think she's adopted it. Number six, you can't please everyone and you can't help everyone. That's just the bottom line up front. It's not possible. And you will go mad trying to do that as a leader, trying to be a people pleaser, trying to solve everyone's problems. It's just not possible. It's just not humanly possible. Number seven, be a fixer, be a process fixer and not a people fixer. And I I think that's just a default mindset that I tried to adopt. And again, this was partly from my learnings of systems thinking or thinking in terms of systems. Try to look for the faulty processes first before you look for the faulty people. Most of us are chained and entangled within workflows and work processes. Number eight, empathize, empathize, empathize. Try to put yourself into the, the shoes of another human especially when you are making decisions on their behalf, making decisions that will affect them, will influence their actions. I think it's important to empathize and try to reverse roles on how those decisions might affect you or if you were were in their position. Number nine, give more than you can take. I always wonder, does uh, does this occur naturally as you move up in an organization? And I'm not so sure that this is inevitable. I'm not so sure that a lot, all leaders do this. They give more than they take. I have seen leaders who, who take a lot and they expect a lot and they don't really focus on, on giving, giving around them, whether that's giving knowledge or giving advice, giving mentorship, coaching. They could coach more. They could mentor more. So I don't know if that's the default position for a lot of leaders, but for me, I, I think it's something that is important. Number 10 is share power. Share power, in other words, empower others. Give away power as much as you can. It may You may feel like you're losing control, that's, but that's really a lot of times more of an illusion. Sometimes you can gain control by giving it away, paradoxically speaking. Number 11, view others more as partners, less as subordinates. More than likely, you are all headed or trying to head in the same direction. And I think this is important when we talk to, I heard my wife talk about this the other day. She was talking to someone about leadership and she said, she was telling them that she works for them. They don't work for her. And I thought that was really powerful. It's so powerful that uh, I'm working on an episode about that, about that exact topic for next week. And it's really about the dichotomy between 
servant leadership is on kind of one, one end of the spectrum. And then the leader who loves power and control is kind of on the other end of the spectrum. And, and a leader who loves power, or loves control, needs that power, or needs that control, or is afraid to lose that power or lose that control, they are often they're often more competitive versus collaborative and they are afraid to share power more than often. So that was, that was that, that was number 10 share power. Number 11, actually number 12. This is kind of, this, this is kind of a play on woodworking measure twice, cut once. I think from a leader's perspective, think twice, act once, gather as much information as you can. You're never going to be able to get all the information. There's always going to be missing information. But before you decide, before you act, take some time, step back, reflect, even if it's for, you know, even for a brief few seconds, reflect on the decision or action you're about to take before you go through with it. So think twice, act once. Number 13 is know your job and master your craft. Hashtag street credit. This is where you're going to get a lot of credibility as a leader is how well you know your job, how proficient you are in your craft and how you seek mastery of your craft. Seeking mastery, knowing will never completely or fully achieve complete mastery. It's not possible. We're always going to, it's a dynamic process. We're always going to move back and forth. We're going to get better. Other areas are going to, are going to suffer. If we're putting a lot of emphasis in one area to try to better ourselves, other things will fall. But know your job and master your craft. Number 14 is share knowledge and make others more knowledgeable. And this is linked back with number nine as far as give more than you can take. Share knowledge, make others more knowledgeable. Number 15 is mistakes are inevitable. Learn, adapt, and move on. Number 16, others will fail. Make sure the system, this is back to that kind of that systems thinking mindset, make sure the system did not fail them or set them up to fail. There's oftentimes there's a lot of faulty processes embedded within the systems that the people working within these processes are, they have to manipulate these systems or find workarounds to faulty processes and systems. Seek, find, and remove obstacles and barriers to performance. I'm going to say that again. Seek, find, and remove obstacles and barriers to the performance of the people within the systems and processes. Number 17, it's never as good as it seems never as bad as it seems. Try to avoid the high highs and the low lows. I think goes along well nicely with this one. Number 18, respect is earned. There are no exceptions ever. Number 19, trust is earned, but trace levels of trust must exist early in team building. There's a certain amount of trust when a team forms that is implied. It has to, you have to just accept its existence. Any society or group cannot function without trust. Number 20, you must work on developing relationships. I think leadership is so much dependent on relationship developing. Leadership is a human-centric idea characterized by webs and networks of humans trying to work together to achieve tasks and goals. Differing personalities, differing strengths, differing sources of motivations, and individual values, beliefs, wants, and desires all come into play as we try to develop these relationships in the workplace, in the community, wherever they may be. Leadership is a relation-building game. 
and maybe game's not a good word. It's not really a game, but leadership is definitely a, a leadership building idea. Number 21, you'll never have all the information available to make a decision. I've already kind of mentioned that in a, in another one, but that's really important. We can go mad against trying to seek out all the information, trying to obtain all the information we can. Again, we're always going to be missing information. We're never going to have the complete picture. We can try. We can try our best, but it's just sometimes or most often not possible. Number 22, most, most meetings are wasted energy. Many of you out there will agree. It doesn't have to be this way. This is everyone's responsibility. Time might be the most valuable commodity for the human species. Act accordingly, especially when it comes to meetings. Number 23, number 23 is you will have incompetent bosses. And you will have incompetent bosses with high egos. You can help the former if they're willing to learn from someone lower on the hierarchy. And you should avoid the latter as much as possible. A person who is high in the ego category, but is incompetent in their job, it's going to be really difficult to work with this person. They're not going to want to listen a lot. They're not going to want to especially listen to people below them, try to share knowledge with them. And they're probably very rarely will they seek knowledge below them. Difficult, difficult to work with. All right, hitting the home stretch here, number 24, focus on the soil. I think I've talked about this analogy or this metaphor on other shows. The soil being the environmental conditions that everybody is working within, the working conditions, the organ, the conditions within the organization, all of the processes, all of the training requirements, the policies, everything that goes into the organization that affects the people is the soil, right? Focus on improving the soil conditions so the people can grow. They have a better environment to grow. They have a better chance to grow. They have more opportunities for growth. And number 25, I think if we didn't know anything about leadership, number 25 might summarize leadership very nicely. When all else fails, treat others how you desire to be treated. The golden rule has withstood the test of time and has universal applicability or so it seems. So the golden rule, when all else fails, default back to treating others how you desire to be treated. That's just, I think, a good life concept in general. It doesn't have to be a leadership concept. So there you go. There's 25 random things that I've picked up along my journey. I don't know if they're all true per se. These are a lot of my beliefs, my assumptions about leadership. I would encourage you. I think it's important for you out there, if you're in a follower role, if you're in a leader role, to maybe come up with, with things that you are picking up along the leadership journey, writing these out, letting these things manifest on paper where you can judge what you're writing, reflect upon what you're writing, and see if you want to to hone some things, if you want to reshape some things, rethink about some things that you're writing down. Asking yourself, why, why is this important to me? Why did I write this? Why did I pick this up along the way, along my journey? And why am I writing it down? Why is it important? And starting to unpack that a little bit. And I think that that'll go back to my number two, which is know thyself, which I think will help you. It might help you become a better leader. If you know yourself better or try to become more intimate with your own leadership style, your leadership philosophy. 
So there you have it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leadosophy. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life and of life. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.